This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my 40s and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This is episode 023, Embrace Diversity, Take a Walk in Another Family's Shoes. What would our world be like if we were all exactly the same? In today's conversation, we will celebrate diversity and how embracing our uniqueness can help us open our hearts to the experience of others. As people, we often become self-absorbed with our own challenges and we may not even recognize it. But if we were to stop and consider the experiences of other people, we may become more compassionate and understanding and maybe even more grateful for the lives that we have. There are many gifts to be learned when we walk in the shoes of another, even if for a brief moment in time. I hope that's inspired in you today through this conversation. Arlene Ruiz is a licensed immigration consultant and recruiter that supports families as they transition into our country. She comes from humble beginnings in the Philippines and in 1994 made the courageous decision to move to Canada with her family armed with only $100. Her personal journey of starting over inspired her to go through the difficult process of attaining her official registration with the Immigration Consultants of Canada Regulatory Council as of 2013. Arlene's company purpose is to help families fulfill their dreams and it is her objective with each family that she supports. She is dedicated to helping families get reunited with their loved ones and it is one of the key mandates of her organization. She recently qualified as a finalist for the Entrepreneur of the Year for 2020 with the Sabex Awards and is currently one of the top 25 RBC Canadian Immigrant Award finalists. From our first meeting, I found today's guest to be a genuinely special person and I am honored to have the opportunity to share this conversation with you. So hello Arlene and thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. I'm really excited that you're here and I'm excited that you're excited to join us. 
Thank you, Corliss. Um, I, you know, I'm truly honored uh, that you have invited me. And good afternoon to you and to all the listeners. I, like I said, I'm truly honored to be here today. Well, thank you. I'm glad you are. So why don't we start with a little bit of your story and kind of what you do, I suppose. Okay, perfect. So just to give you a bit of a background uh, about myself, I was born and raised in the Philippines and growing up, my parents really didn't have much. In fact, um, I would consider that we were living in poverty line. Um, I mentioned to you uh, before, I have four brothers and four sisters and my parents only source of income was farming and selling the produce and the crops in the market. And because we were so poor and we were living in a very small town, transportation did not even exist. So to this day, I remember having to walk to go to school uh, nearly an hour each way every day, rain or shine or storm, I had to do it to finish my secondary school. And my life um, changed when one of my sisters, who really is the one that uh, paved way for me and the rest of my family for all the wonderful blessings that we are now enjoying. Uh, my sister Mila came to Canada as a caregiver after working for a number of years in Singapore in the same capacity. And, you know, I am very, very grateful for her. Uh, or to her for opening so many windows of opportunities. And really, if it wasn't for her, I probably would not be here talking to you, Corliss. So when our visas were approved in 1994, you can only imagine how happy I was. And, you know, I, I still remember sitting in the plane beside one of my sisters and for the first segment of our flight, which was from Manila to Hong Kong, and she could not even bring herself to eat the food in front of her. She was so emotional and sad, you know, to leave some of our families and some of our friends. I, on the other hand, was just excited and overjoyed. I, you know, I, I felt like I was a, a, a kid that was given a candy and I was just like, I'm gonna have it. And to me, it felt like I was um, escaping poverty. And to be quite honest with you, I did not really understood what she was feeling. I'm, I was determined that this is going to be the way for me to break through from poverty. I don't know how I was going to do it. All I know is that I am going to this amazing country and that this is going to be the start of the new beginning. And I really credit all of the hardships that I went through in the Philippines and really use it as my inspiration to better myself, further my education, not only for myself, but for my family. And I, I mean, I sit here now grateful for my family, my husband, and my children, and have, who have been the pillars of, you know, of my success, if you want to call it. Um, and they have inspired me to be the best that I can in the in the job that I do. And you know, fast forward to now, I did not even think that I would be doing what I do now, which I totally love. And I worked different jobs in the past. And I would say that being an immigration consultant is by far the most rewarding. And at the end of the day, I want to be able to set an example uh, for my children, especially, that hard work and being passionate about what you do leads to success. 
Wow, what an inspiring story. So I'm already curious about your sister. She sounds like a true trailblazer. What what inspired her to take that step to come here in the first place for the rest of you to follow? I would say probably the same inspiration that I use because like I said, uh, we came from a very big family and she was she was always determined to have a better future and if you even talk to her now um she is a successful uh, entrepreneur just like myself and she's amazing because she i mean from her humble beginning coming from a very poor family working as a caregiver in singapore and coming to canada and now she owns a travel agency business and a restaurant in bc if you talk to her you would just be so inspired by her dedication to to push for a better uh, future and not just for herself but for for me and my entire family and i mean she has been the 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 way for not just for my for myself and my parents but majority of our relatives are also now here in canada so truly grateful for her she's an amazing woman and i admire her so much Mm -hmm. It sounds like you really have to have that drive and that determination of like, I want to have something better and, and just really go after that. And I think that applies to everyone, no matter what country you live in. I was, um, our stories are so aligned in so many ways because I also come from a large family and we didn't have a lot growing up and, you know, parent, our parents had to work so hard to provide for all of us. And it really did motivate me to want to create something new, but also, or maybe something better, but it also really, um, the hard work ethic of an entrepreneur I learned from my parents, and it sounds like you did as well. Thank you, yeah, no, I, she, my parents have always been uh, hardworking, and I've seen that, I've seen how they, they tried so very hard to, to provide for the family, regardless of the situation, and like you said, having come from a big family, you, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? Like it's just getting together. It's like party all the time. <laughs> it is. And you know, I don't even in my own personal experience, maybe you can speak to this, but in my experience, I find that because I had to do without, I really appreciate what I have now. And I think a lot of people, like if you hear the rags to riches story, or you hear the success stories of people who are now millionaires that were living on the street when they started, you know, it's like, you know, to appreciate it because you, you know what it's like not to have it. Was that it your experience as well? Absolutely. And, you know, I always, um, that's something that I always teach my kids. And that was the whole purpose of taking them to Philippines uh, last year, uh, just for them to see what kind of wonderful and blessings they have here and the privilege and, you know, um, making them realize that, you know, uh, there are many people out there that don't experience the things that, that we do and that we often take for granted. For example, the abundance of water, access to transportation, access to technology, access to free education, for example. So all of those things are, are some of the things that we do often take for granted. And if you experience in your life what it's like not to have, you have a full uh, different uh, sense of appreciation and attitude of gratitude really for everything, like just the little things that we do take for granted on a daily basis and my my hope it's is someday uh, when I'm no longer around, the legacy that I would leave my kids is 
to have a sense of gratitude and to be able to care and have you know empathy and compassion for others mm. i am i couldn't agree with you more that would be exactly what i would leave behind as well and you know i think it's a really interesting word that you've said and i've written it down here because i do believe that gratitude is like a practice that we should all really take to heart and i think sometimes it just is just the words just thrown around and we're not really like really feeling and being centered at it but the word that you said was privilege and the word privilege is like we live a very privileged life where we are and if we look at it that it's such a privilege to live here to have what we have to experience what we do you'll you'll have gratitude on a new level the other day i was speaking with someone about um you know the world crisis of the pandemic and sometimes when we're living in our own little corner of the world and we're just thinking about what's going on for us we don't recognize what's going on in the rest of the world. We may not really think about it because we're so self-absorbed with what our own experience is. And I think it's just human nature. But we were talking about, I had a friend of mine, we were talking about um, the tourism industry and like say places like Mexico where people, you know, vacation all the time in those hotels and the people that work there work so hard and a lot of them aren't paid a lot of money and they're barely surviving. And now the industry of tourism and travel has been halted. I really think about those people and the families you know how those families are affected and that they probably don't have a government that's helping them and what their lives are like right now so i do think that we live in a very privileged society and maybe through this conversation will inspire people to exercise that level of gratitude and understand how privileged we are to live here guess what I just opened the registration for a brand new session of the Lead Your Life Masterclass. If you're looking to feel more purpose and direction in your life or need help defining goals that inspire you, I'd like to invite you to work with me through this four-week program. Over the last three years, I've watched this program help like-minded women step into their personal power. It's simply incredible to see the transformation and confidence, clarity, and passion that they have found. If you're ready to have that for yourself, you should check it out now at corliss.ca. Classes are limited to only 12 because of the personal coaching and guidance that you'll receive. I'd really like to help you lead a life you love. Register now at corliss.ca. So I'd also like to ask you kind of how you ended up in the position doing the work that you're doing right now. Okay, so... Throughout my career formation years, I basically jumped from one job to another and I always felt like there is something else I was looking for, um, something more meaningful if you want to put it that way. And aside from my own personal experience, having gone through the immigration process myself, I would say that my experience uh, working as a flight attendant has sparked more interest in the immigration industry. I've seen people, you know, go from one place to another. And then my, my husband actually is the one that, that suggested, why don't you take the immigration consultant diploma uh, or the immigration consultant course? And I was like, you know what, that's a great idea. So I inquired and I found this amazing educational institution in Vancouver, it's called Ashton College. 
and I enrolled and dived right into it, took the course. Um, it was correspondence and I didn't really understand or I guess understand how difficult correspondence schooling is until I actually did it myself, all the while working full time and raising our two boys. So that meant, you know, working full time, coming home, getting the kids uh, food ready, um, and then putting them to bed. And then by nine or 9.30, then I would go into studying mode. And um, it was hard. Um, it wasn't all easy. And, uh, but I'm grateful um, because if it wasn't for my husband, um, you know, encouragement, I wouldn't be doing what I do right now. And let me tell you, it wasn't all easy either because my very first attempt to write the licensing exam, I was, I was so confident. I was so sure of myself. I passed it. And you know what happened? The result came and to my disappointment, I failed. And I went through a short period of, I would say depression or I guess anger, uh, if you want to call it that. And um, I didn't really want to talk to anybody about it because I was so ashamed uh, for failing. And my husband said, why don't you rewrite the exam? You know, give it another try. And Thankfully, I did, um, you know, with his encouragement, I took the, the exam and passed it. And so here I am now. Um, I've been practicing as a licensed immigration consultant since uh, 2013. Um, you know, it, like I, I could not express how truly grateful I am for my family, but also to my clients that have supported me from day one. It has been an incredible journey and I, I truly love what I do. Mm, it sounds beautiful and it sounds like it's very rewarding. So what would you say the most rewarding part of your work is? Wow, that's a very good question, Corliss, and thank you for asking that. Um, you know, of all the jobs that I have done in the past, um, this is the, the most rewarding, and I've said that earlier. Um, imagine being a part of a family reunification process, and I say that because I have clients who came to Canada and that have not seen their children for years, like five, six, seven, I can't even imagine. And let me tell you, the joy in their faces when I see them get reunited is really all I need. Um, sometimes I would go to the airport when their, their family arrived and I would just kind of stand in, in, you know, in the background and watch them. And it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing feel, feeling. And, Yes, they pay me for the service that I provide, but the joy that I get in return is far more than the monetary value I get from them for securing my service. And really, it's an amazing feeling to be part of that reunification process. Um, I, I would not have it any other way because this is, this is an amazing job. Uh, you're basically making an impact on people's lives. I once read a quote that says, if you want to be successful in any business, you have to follow your passion and not a paycheck. And I believe that when you find what you are truly passionate about and you start to make a difference in the lives of people, it's like finding your purpose in life. And I, I'm just so grateful to be part of that process, that joyous and momentous occasion for this family, getting reunited with their husbands, their wives, their children, it's an amazing feeling, Corliss, and I, I'm just so grateful.
so grateful. Hmm, that's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you followed your heart and that your husband encouraged you to go after that because I'm sure you mean a lot to the families that you serve as well. So let's just, I mean, this episode is called Take a Walk in Another Family's Shoes. Let's talk a little bit about what it's like for the families that come here and perhaps they're the first one like your sister to come here or maybe they're being reunited like the what you've just described. What are some of the most common concerns of people coming to Canada? Like what what are their feelings? What are they what is their experience? So when people are actually embarking on this process, even at the very beginning people would send me an email or or call me and will say We'll ask a, a series of questions. And I think uh, moving from one country to another, there is always that association of fear, of the unknown, because you don't know anything about this whole new country that you are intending to go to. So common concerns are people would ask me, will the rest of their family be able to join them in Canada at some point in the future? And I say that because in an example um, for a family sponsorship, uh, dependent children uh, under the age of 21 and under are classified as dependent. Any, anyone who is over 22 aren't classified as dependent. So in some instances, some, some part or members of the family will be able to join, but some would have to be left behind, unfortunately. So that is a very common concern. Will the rest of their family be able to join them in Canada at some point in the future? How easy is it to find housing in Canada? Um, I, I was personally, you know, because of my experience having somebody that, a relative that was already in Canada, finding accommodation or housing wasn't so bad. Um, we had somebody that was supporting us. But could you imagine for somebody who doesn't have any relatives, any friends, don't know anybody, how are they gonna be able to cope with finding housing if they're going to a place that is totally unfamiliar to them? How accessible education is, particularly in those that come with small children. And I think the most common concerns are, will the kids be able to adjust to their new environment? Will they be able to learn the language um, you know, quickly? And those are just some, some of the common concerns. Transportation is a big thing because of our harsh climate in Canada. The, one of the common questions I get asked is, how do people get around? Is there a public transportation? It's easy for the people that are coming to an urbanized city like Saskatoon, for example, where there is a public transportation. But for somebody who is going to a very small town where there is no public transportation, that's one of the common questions. And then, of course, there is always the question of will their foreign education be recognized in Canada? So those are just some of the common concerns. And I am grateful and, um, you know, always willing to help my client. And I call this my value added service. If somebody is coming to Canada and they don't have any family members, any support whatsoever, um, I, I offer a pickup service from the airport. I help them get set up with, you know, opening up a bank account, um, applying for a Saskatchewan health card, for example, or applying for a social insurance number. Those are just menial things, but people often don't think of it right um they think of the big pictures and like the housing the transportation the education on all those other things 
but I call them the value added service. And I think it's important for any entrepreneurs to provide that value added service. And my clients have appreciated that. But like I said earlier, there's always an association of fear uh, of the unknown coming from another country going into another one. And, and those are just some of the common concerns that I get asked of, uh, of people. You know, you've said a lot there because sharing that story, what you've said is, and I really want the entrepreneurs in that are listening to really hear that. So I want to kind of say it again, that a value added service, what is the special value added service that you as an entrepreneur can offer? Because I think that is one of the most valuable assets of being an entrepreneur or a small business owner or independent consultant is the fact that you have the opportunity to bring something extra special. And you've kind of demonstrated that beautifully and that can apply to honestly every business and every entrepreneur so I wanted to kind of highlight that and you know as you were talking and thinking about the concerns I started imagining that I'm literally in you know another person's shoes like what would that be like if I was across the world moving to another country to create a better life for my family and I would just be hanging on to the hopes and dreams that that's possible and I don't know anything about how to do anything and I don't have anyone there, I mean, that's got to be pretty scary. <laughs> They've got a lot of courage and I think we should really have a lot of respect for them for doing that because if I put myself in their shoes, I kind of find that to be a fear-based place of like unknown, uncertain, how will I survive? And it's a huge risk for a lot of them probably. Absolutely. And as new immigrants or newcomers, you typically go through a series of mixed emotion and I can personally attest to that. I was like, my first, you know, emotion was, I was so excited. I, you know, there is that feeling of excitement where everything you see or do is fun. And then you go through a period of isolation or sadness. And this is typically when the reality hits you and you start missing your old environment that you are accustomed to, the, some of your families that you have left behind, your friends, and missing that support of friends, family, and extended social circle is a big, big factor for most migrants. Sometimes they may feel lost or alienated. Um, the good thing about Canada, and I, I would like to say this, and I am truly grateful, is the fact that Canada truly welcomes diversity and inclusion. And, you know, it's such a beautiful country. Um, you know, like I would like to visit other places, but Canada is home for me. Mm, that's wonderful. I'm such a truly proud Canadian and I am so proud to live here. And I just feel like we are, we are like, just, we are so blessed to be here. And truly, I, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And I, I just hope that, I hope that that transpires or that is felt by everybody in the audience and that you feel the same way about living here. So is there any stories of triumph that you'd like to share? I always love those heartwarming stories of triumph. Is there anything, anyone in particular that you'd like to highlight? Yes, um, you know, like personally speaking, um, and I've shared this with you before, um, my company has been nominated for the Entrepreneur of the Year for the Sabex Award and um, recognized as one of the finalists for the Top 25 RBC Canadian Immigrant Award. And going back again to how welcoming Canada is and how it truly celebrates diversity and inclusion. And um, I'm, I'm always 
forever grateful for this country, for the many blessings that it has given me, not just to me, but more so for the clients that I have helped and that I'm going to be helping in the future. And I'm just truly happy to be a channel of that pathway for success for these people. So celebrating my success is actually celebrating the success of my clients, Corliss. Um, every single one of them is special and unique in their own different ways. And I believe that, you know, Canada is a nation of immigrants and everyone that comes to Canada brings something special that they can offer. Well, congratulations on your incredible accomplishments and thank you for the fact that you're doing the work that you're doing and you're making such a difference for so many people. I just think it's amazing and you deserve the recognition and I, I seriously hope that you get it. <laughs> I really do. Now, we're great. In Canada, we're great at welcoming and celebrating diversity like you've talked about. But is there anything that we could do to make it easier for people who are moving here? Perhaps more compassion, empathy, perhaps we want to you know, pass less judgment or be more patient. Anything that we could do to make it easier for people transitioning to Canada? Yes, thank you for, for asking that uh, question, Coralis, because absolutely there is always something that we could do to make people welcome. Practice compassion and maintain an attitude of gratitude always goes hand in hand. And you know what? What might seem uh, trivial or less unimportant to some may be a life shattering or drastic experience to others. And as we develop uh, compassion, our hearts open. And I think if we try to be more understanding of the people, get to know them, their story, their culture, their values, Let's also try not to perceive anything that is different to be wrong. Um, let's get more engaged in community events that celebrates um, ethnicity. Get to know people. Like, you know, maybe you have a neighbor, a neighbor that, a new neighbor that just moved to their new house. Welcome them. Um, you know, I remember one of the ladies from my church uh, went on a mission to Africa. And when she came back, this is what she shared. And I will really never or ever forget what she said before the trip i went thinking africa needs me and little did i know i needed africa Aww. what a life-changing um statement right um she developed a great sense of appreciation for the many things that she took for granted in canada for instance like i mentioned earlier the abundance of water access to education transportation technology we often take for granted those little things. And, you know, um, if we look at somebody and express that compassion and maintain that attitude of gratitude, we are truly going to make a difference on some people's life. And a lot of people, you could be standing beside somebody who really is just trying everything not to fall apart. And, you know, reach out to these people, to the newcomers, to, uh, to, to somebody that just moved to your neighborhood, for example. Hmm. I know we're speaking directly about immigration and people that are new to coming to Canada, but you said something that really hit me when you said, you know, the person standing next to you might be just hold, doing everything they can to hold it together. I think that that's something that we could practice just overall, not just specifically with, you know, 
new newcomers to Canada. I think we could actually practice that and, and consider that kind of level of compassion just as human beings overall, don't you? I, I totally agree because um, we never know what somebody else is going through just by looking at them, right? And it's almost like sometimes a, a small gesture of smiling makes a difference. That's sometimes mm-hmm. all that other person needs. And for all we know, that person, like I said earlier, could be doing everything they can not to fall apart. And sometimes a small gesture of smile or hello does make a difference. Mm-hmm. That simple acknowledgement. I completely agree. Now, um, one thought I wanted to just ask you about, and I know we hadn't talked about this before, so I'm not really sure how you share about it or how you would feel about sharing about it. But I think sometimes when there's um, language barriers, you know, like when you call in and the person on the other end can't quite hear you or understand you or you can't understand them. What is, you know, something that someone can do to like just calm themselves and to handle that with dignity and respect? You know, that's a very uh, good question. And I cannot imagine how hard, again, I'm speaking on a personal level. Um, I can't imagine how hard it must have been for my parents who never spoke English and for them to start a new life, uh, they had to learn how to speak English was probably the hardest, you know, thing they have to do in their lives. I mean, my parents were in their 50s when they came to Canada. And I personally had become their official translator in all of their medical appointments simply because they cannot understand nor communicate English. And in Saskatoon, I am glad that she was able able to avail the service of the Saskatoon Open Door Society. We have many great organizations in the city that you know provide services to newcomers. And I, you know, I would like to encourage newcomers to integrate themselves and and get engaged in some of those wonderful organizations and just like what my mother did. And for my father, he worked as a dishwasher simply because this was the type of job that will require little or no interaction uh, at all. Now imagine for a second that you have to move to, to another country and where you had to learn a, a completely new language that you have no, no knowledge of, right? a new language that you have no knowledge of. Now, when you are in a situation where you could be you know, sitting somebody or standing behind somebody and are struggling to communicate, let's practice um, compassion and just be a little bit more understanding of these people. Um, I know sometimes we're in a rush, but let's let's forget not forget that empathy is, is something that we can we can do. Be empathize with these people because this is completely brand new place to them. It, it, there's like I said earlier, there is always that fear of association so and for some people they actually leave their home country not for themselves they are doing it to provide better future for for their children for example some people you know they they embark on a new journey to an unknown place uh, you know and not having to go back with for the rest of having to face starvation for example persecution maybe they you know, because of their religious belief or sexual preference or whatever the case may be. But empathy goes a long way. You know what they say, empathy without action is empty. And that's truly, you know, something that we as, 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 as citizens 
can do to, to help somebody who is new to Canada, experiencing language barrier, um, cultural shocks, all of those things are, are factors uh, for newcomers. But I think we can totally uh, display empathy and show a little bit more patience, be less, ju less judgmental. Um, you know, um, we should embrace and celebrate how special and different we are. And let's try not to overgeneralize people because everyone is unique individual. Um, let's continue to respect one another and maintain an attitude of gratitude and create an example and ask yourself every day, what could I do today to bring kindness and joy to someone? And to me, every morning when I wake up and I go to my office, I actually have a, a frame that says work hard and be kind to people. And that's sort of like my guiding principle on a daily basis because we don't know what the other person is, is facing or, or going through. <laughs> you're just making me smile. I know we're just on audio, but you're just making me smile. It sounds to me like you're describing to actually put ourselves in the shoes of someone else and what it must be like for them and to practice that empathy and kindness and show up as the best person that you can be no matter who it is that you're dealing with in your day. So thank you for sharing that. What an amazing perspective. It's so beautiful. Now, where can our, where can people connect with you, Arlene, if they'd like to? Yes, they can reach out to me. Uh, through my website, www.alexineimmigration.com, or they can also connect me. They would be able to see me on Instagram as well as uh, Facebook. And uh, if they have any questions, they can shoot me an email, arlene.ruiz at alexineimmigration.com, or give me a shout, 306-715-3755. Oh, thanks for sharing that, and I'm sure many will. Now, I have three final closing questions that I ask all of my guests, and it goes like this. Here's the first one. What does leadership mean to you? Leadership to me is to lead by action and not by position. Um, it isn't about authority, but how you empower and inspire people. And to be able to do what you love and make a positive change in the life of others. So. It's, it's kind of like my guiding principle is if I were to lead people to a journey or to do a project, would I follow me? So that mm. is what I go by as to what leadership means to me. Would I follow me? Mm -hmm. You know, every episode this last little while, I've, I, uh, I always find this tweetable moment and it's, it just happened again. And I know that that's Oprah's thing where she interviews guests and she's like, oh, that's a tweet, tweet moment, you know, tweetable moment. But you just said it right there. Would I follow me? That's beautiful. Thank you. And in the words of Oprah, tweet, tweet. Now, if you were to recommend a book or a podcast to the audience that has really impacted your life, what would you want to recommend? So there, I have been listening to podcasts and uh, very, it's, I've only joined networking organizations within the last two years. And to be quite honest, I didn't really see the value of networking until I started getting out there and meeting people and joining this wonderful organization. So one of the podcasts that really just just uh, stood out for me is the podcast by Ivan, Ivan Meisner, 
who is the founder and she, uh, chief visionary officer of BNI, uh, BNI uh, Business Network International, otherwise known as BNI. And it was called Humility Makes for a Great Networking. And I especially like this one because here he talks about how humility costs nothing but yields amazing returns and how someone's ego should not enter the room before they do. He also shares that as we become more successful, and this is, this is what I like, as we become more successful in life, it is critical to maintain humility. So be someone who is engaging and caring. And the very final thing that he said, and to this day I will never forget, is humble people don't think less of themselves, they just think of themselves less. And I'll say it again, humble people don't think of, think less of themselves, they just think of themselves less. And um, it just really, you know, resonates with me. And he actually mentioned that he had interviewed uh, Jack Canfield, who happened to be, you interviewed him as well. And he talks about how humble he is. And I was just like, wow, you know, um, here he was, he was interviewing somebody who sold millions of books and he never did talk about what he does. So it really, you know, amplifies humility. Mm, that's, yeah, that's so interesting that you mentioned Jack because I remember having that incredible opportunity to be in Jack's home and I was invited to a mastermind there and I went into Jack's home and I was just like, whoa, I can't even believe I'm here. Like, this is so incredible. I was just shaking. I was so, I was just so overwhelmed with the experience. And he came in and he talked with us and, and he was, like you say, just a very humble man. And on the break, after we had all introduced ourselves and on the break, he was very interested to talk with me and he came and sat down on the couch and he kept asking me questions like he wanted to learn from me and I remember just being so struck by that because I thought this man has like decades and decades and decades and so many success stories of his own and yet he wants to learn from me so I even asked him I said you know I'm really quite flattered that you want to learn from me like you're asking me these questions I want to learn he said there is always something to learn he is just a constant student of learning and he's so interested and curious about people's stories and I, I know that because I had that experience with him so Anyway, I, I really love that you've mentioned that and that podcast sounds amazing and certainly at my alley and I'm sure it will be for many of the people that are listening. So thanks for sharing that. Now, based on all of the highs and all of the lows, because we all have them in our life, if you could only leave people with one piece of advice, what would you want to leave them with? Great. Um, so can I just share uh, one of the book? Because I think I, I, I wanted to mention this before I answer your last final question. Um, I read this book when I was in high school, and it's called Black Like Me, uh, which was written by John Howard Griffin. Um, I remember reading this book because he was a native of Texas who had his skin temporarily, temporarily darkened to pass up as a black man to explore life from the other side of the color line disguised as a black man. I remember reading this book and I, it was completely riveting. And um, he later became blind and he wrote, I can only see the heart and intelligence of a, man, of a man 
and nothing in this indicates in the slightest whether a man is black or white. So as a society, I think we have a moral obligation and social obligation to be empathetic regardless of someone's color, background, origin, educational background, and so on. So I, I just wanted to, to share that because I, I know that I didn't put that in there right away in my answer. But you know what really makes a person beautiful is not what she or he wears, but it's the heart. So I, I, this book, if you read it, like you would be completely riveted, beautifully. Mm, I'm so glad you added that to share it. Thanks very much for doing that. And your final piece of advice? Okay, so final piece of advice in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Uh, like I said earlier, you could be standing beside someone and not know that they are doing everything not to fall apart. And, you know, I, I will say it again, what makes a person beautiful is not what she or he wears, but the kindness, the compassion, the empathy. And when a person exudes all of this great attributes, the person will shine beautifully inside and out. So it, to me, you know, let's practice kindness um, regardless of who is or where you are or who is in front of you or beside you or behind you. Mm. I am honestly so proud to know you. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Coralis. I, I'm so glad we have this conversation and, you know, I've always admire uh, your podcast. I've listened to, to many of them and I know that I will continue to listen to some of the podcasts that you're going to be uh, uploading. Thank you again. You're very welcome. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.